follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad here with Matt and Brad. We want to say thank you all for joining us. Gentlemen, how are you doing? I'm uh, doing good, Shad. Awesome. I was uh, I was at an event tonight with the Texas State Society. Okay. Uh, I don't know if other states have this. I mean, I think it's a big thing here in D.C. because everyone comes from all over. Uh and it's, it, it winds up being like just a bunch of like Capitol Hill people. Um, but today was the Frito Pie reception. Really? <laughs> Have any of you ever had Frito Pie? I believe so. It's amazing. What What is it? You basically take, uh, I mean, the, the really like, classy way to do it is you have one of those little snack size uh, bag of Fritos. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can just have like Fritos by themselves, I suppose. But then you take... Uh, you take some piping hot chili and just dump that right on the Fritos, along with whatever fixings you want uh, that go along with your chili, like cheese or jalapenos or chives. Yeah. I'm, not, so you, I'm not a big Frito person. You know what, though? You should try it with some chili on top because yeah. it, it kind of becomes delicious. It, it And it like softens the Fritos a little bit. So you get a nice uh, – you get the delicious chili. You have a little bit of crunch from the Fritos. It's magical. It is. It's magical. My, so my wife does go insane when Taco Bell does like the Dorito shells for their tacos. <laughs> they that made that company. I feel like that. I actually. I this is like I could be completely making this up, but I actually feel that Taco Bell was kind of hurting in the sales department <laughs> until they brought those on, and they brought them on just as like a short time thing. But they became so popular that they offer those year round. Hey guys, we're solvent now. We need to keep this. It, it, you know, it legit did put them like in the black. I mean, they have made a ton of sales with that. Yeah, so I, I do not like Taco Bell at all, and my wife will occasionally have me like pick up dinner if she's working from home and she asks for Taco Bell. I hate their menu because they're there's a couple restaurants that do that, and Taco Bell is a primary offender. I think. Um, I think Burger King is also a big offender of this is they assume you understand what they have and their menus impossible. Oh so like, yeah. I know, I know what you're talking about. Pan- Panera bread is also really terrible. Even if you know their menu, you can't find things on their menu in the drive. Well that, that and you're eating Panera <laughs> bread. So hey, their breakfast is okay. I wouldn't touch their lunch food with a 20 foot pole. What place? Panera. Well, okay, so Panera, there's one uh, that's one that that's near my work, and it's it's actually not bad, but uh, it it gets old, it gets old a lot, like very quickly. They cater it a lot where I work. 
I actually like a lot of their bagels, but a lot of their bagels are you might as well just be eating like a donut. They're they're just I like the and their um their honey walnut spreads good for the bagels. Mm. But we also we get it's primarily if we get catered at work we get that or we get pot belly, which I don't really care uh, about pot belly either. Oh really? I like I like so I like pot belly, but whenever I go to pot belly, I inevitably only get one sandwich. I get like the Mediterranean sandwich, um, sometimes with chicken, sometimes not. And that's literally the only thing I get. <laughs> and there's other plenty of other sandwiches or soups on the menu that I don't I don't even bother. And I actually don't mind Taco Bell. Although I don't really like the Doritos, the Dorito flavored tacos are okay, but I have a, this should be almost like a bag of whole <laughs> question. Do you guys like hard tacos or soft tacos? Uh, soft. Soft. It's, it depends on the mood for me. Oh no. Soft is the way to go in my opinion. See now, now there, there's a, there's a cheat to that though, because it is my wife's preference of the soft taco in the hard taco shell. What? It's just madness. <laughs> you can't do two taco shells in one. Yeah, and then double-decker tacos. I remember back in the early 90s, a double-decker taco commercial featuring um, Coach. It was Bobby Knight and Mike Krzyzewski trying to recruit a kid. And it's like, no, we'll give you all the soft tacos you want. We'll give you all the crunchy tacos you want. And then Rick Pitino walks in. He goes, you want some more double-decker tacos? Son, and they go, son. He goes, sure thing, coach. And they go, coach. Can I ask that's, you a question? Did Rick yeah. Pitino offer him said taco and then punch a hooker? <laughs> Not it wasn't in the commercial that made it to air. I can't, I can't speak for other. Can't speak for the outtakes. No, I really can't. Um, I don't think Rick Pitino punched a hooker in that scandal, but I mean, there was some really dumb decisions going on I mean I assume when the word hooker comes up that you have indeed punched a hooker (laughs) no that was the that was the that was the sham wow guy that punched a hooker oh okay that's that's a little different that's a little different so uh we want to thank y'all for joining us for this wrestling podcast (laughs) for all your for all your hooker punchy needs What a way to start the program. I know, right? Uh, thank I you promise the rest to... of the podcast will not be discussing punching hookers. I no, think. We, we might end up back at Taco Bell at this rate. I don't know. But um, we got to give our shout-outs. The first one is to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Collarandelbowbrand.com. Use the promo code for Corners Podcast. That's number four, capital C and Corners, capital P. And podcast, save 10% off your order. And Matt, uh, what's our other shout-out? Uh, that would be to Epico Cologne, uh, who has fantastic ring gear. Oh, what? Ring? Matt, that sounds like a segue. It sounds like a segue. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Tonight, we are going to be talking about ring gear, both entrance attire and, um, you know, gear in the ring, all that kind of stuff. We're going to be... Breaking down what we think the best entrance attire. You know what's funny uh, that you bring up ring gear is um, Deontay Wilder is blaming his loss to Tyson Fury on his 40-pound entrance attire. It's Which not is, like he didn't know what he was getting into with that. That sounds like the that, that might be the third or fourth excuse he's now offered. Oh, really? So I... um. 
he got, I don't know if you guys watched that sm- fight. Oh, he got smoked. So I didn't, I didn't like watch per se the fight. Uh, but the thing, the thing that I've actually learned now about uh, big fights like that, either UFC or even like this with the boxing match, is if you just go on Twitter and just go on the hashtag. Essentially, you can mind, you might as well be watching the fight <laughs> because oh yeah, will, live tweeting it. You will get people will be live tweeting it, but beyond that, people will be posting like little snippets of video or like gifs. Oh, that's and, true. And I mean, it's obviously it's not quite the same as watching it flat out, but you you effectively like it's it might as well be like if you're listening to a baseball game on the radio, like you're not seeing it, but you know it's exactly what's happening. Right. So you will get effectively a blow by blow. Uh, I guess like update on what's happening, and I was, I was up late uh, Saturday night, listen or basically watching that on Twitter, and it was crazy because again, like you, you'd ha- there might be like a, a slight lag between rounds, but you, there would people would be posting like little videos of what was happening, and yeah, he got he just got wrecked. Oh, he it was so bad, like Tyson Fury was like licking his neck at the end of like the sixth round. Uh, oh yeah. No, it, so I have someone who did watch it was uh, explaining to me that really like he's he he's arguing that the fight was actually over in the second round. Oh, people were saying the first round because so what happened and what Fury said is he figured out like in the twelfth round of their first fight is that Wilder just falls apart when you force him to backtrack. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a good video with Tony Atlas talking about like what he chose to do. So pretty much what Tyson did was forced was forced Fury to stay on his back foot so he couldn't set up to punch. And so he pretty much mm-hmm. just bullied him and Wilder just fell apart. Uh, that's that's kind of what this individual I was talking to said, that basically <laughs> basically Wilder um, tried to go for a KO in the second round and couldn't get it, and then Fury pressed him, and then he just like basically lost it. And then by the third round is when Fury gave him that brutal punch that uh, I guess it looked like, and at the time people thought it busted his eardrum. They said he had a cut in her ear from that. Yeah. That's the one that the still from the fight is floating around, right? Well, he's leaking, he's just leaking blood from the ear. Um, I guess allegedly he didn't full on rupture the eardrum, but it did. He was not the same after that. After that, the, the fight was basically over. It went to like I think the seventh round. But yeah, and this corner threw in the towel, which he's got. He said he's he, going to fire his corner guy for that. Which, well, okay, uh, you know, you should actually be sending them a gift. Yeah, because they they are protecting your livelihood and your life, and hopefully, you know, you're not going to be like forty years old and have horrible CTE. Yeah, could you but imagine yeah. that though? So you're 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 this dude and you're six seven with this amazing punching power, and this mm-hmm. six nine monster comes in there, and this six nine monster can move and like has the, these uber technical skills. Like that's just gotta suck. No, Tyson Fury is a an absolute beast of a human being. Um, I kind of wanted him to win just because I much like with Conor McGregor, even though Conor McGregor, I think at this point is kind of just like a he. In a different way than John Jones, a piece uh, he, of human he, excrement. Yeah, he's just a piece of human garbage. Uh, but I do like characters. I like I maybe mean, this is why I'm, I gravitated towards pro wrestling. Like I like people who have a lot of personality and who are really kind of fun to watch, just because they're just 
odd or unique. Or sings uh, Miss American Pie after he wins with the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's... And then Tyson Fury is all of that. But he's actually like extraordinarily competent as a boxer. I actually felt he should have won the first match. That whole split draw thing. If you had actually paid attention to that fight... Uh, in my opinion, he didn't. He he should not have lo- He should not have lost. He wasn't down. Yeah, but on when you when you if you can't if you can't finish someone <laughs> like the judges like are practically illiterate anyway. So you're taking your life <laughs> oh, yeah. in your own hands. Yeah, I've I mean, seen, there were... I've seen fights where guys have dominated eight rounds and like have lost. I can, yeah. I mean, even like if you look at actually the points for this fight, <laughs> I mean. Basically, the third or the seventh rounds, like Fury was just dominating him. Like it, he was just dominating him, and, there, and it would be like maybe a two point difference or something. And it's like, come on, like the guy's done. It's just a matter of whenever Fury wants to end it, or when they threw it, when they throw in the towel, which is what happened. I also think, I also think where he should not fire his corner guy is. I I, I used to watch boxing a lot more back in like the 90s probably up to about 2008 and he, where he should not fire his corner guy is there's numerous guys and really good guys that and it would have happened in this fight to get KO'd and are never the same again right and like the way that fight was going like Fury was gonna it was coming like it might have it might have been another couple rounds but he was gonna get knocked out because Fury was mm-hmm. just I mean, it was like a surgical dissection. Yeah. But yeah, so if you, if you haven't seen the fight, I'd say go watch the highlights because uh, there is some... Like, he, he unloads on him a couple of times really, really well. That's, uh, that's not the real question. The real question is how much uh, money is Vince going to be offering Tyson Fury? Oh, God. <laughs> now, now for another match at, uh, <laughs> like, WrestleMania. Or, oh, God. I think it's too, it's too, um, I think it's too late to get him for the Saudi show. The story floating around is that Vince was, was still making changes to the Mania card at the end of February. We're, we're like a month out. And it's like, mm, shouldn't we? But never mind. You know what? It. Uh... I I honestly don't care about anything on that Mania card. Like up and down the card, it's just like a giant meh. I've been having a couple of discussions with. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's did, did the. It, did a genie appear? Like what? No, no, no. It's the. You know, in Back to the Future, whenever the they do something that changes the uh, the timeline, that's the sound effect that it plays. And I uh, thought it would make a good uh, notification hmm. tone. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, I was talking to some people about the, this Mania card, at least what it was proposed to be, because I guess now everything has been, everything is potentially up in the air. Um. And some people are making the argument, which I actually think I agree with, are people in general. I mean, obviously, if you're a hardcore fan, you might be inclined to watch it. But if are people just in general going to view this as like a, almost like a quote unquote, like throwaway year or, or a year where they're trying to make stars such as Drew McIntyre and Shayna Baszler? Or are people going to take this seriously? And I kind of feel like they're not going to take it seriously especially because as some people were pointing out 
like next year it's going to be in LA. So they've already kind of indicated they they want it to be a big show and they absolutely want the rock in some way in, of, involved, which would make sense because obviously he's like one of the biggest stars in Hollywood. The yeah. Problem, the problem they have with like a lot of their big matches is I don't feel like they built Drew up well enough for the Royal Rumble thing, even though I think it's been fairly good in the post um, Rumble stuff. But I don't feel he doesn't have that oomph of build behind him. And then, you know, Goldberg and the Fiend is you know, eh. I well, that's uh, probably gonna be I don't Fiend. think they're doing that. That's now. gonna be Fiend Wyatt. No, it's gonna be Fiend Roman probably. Sorry. Yeah, I, I and that's, that doesn't there's, need to happen either. <laughs> there's and they've, all this... they've ruined Roman with the, the Baron Corbin stuff. And yeah. then, you know, Becky Lynch for Shayna Baszler. Like, anyone that gives a crap about Shayna Baszler is already tired of her from, like, the endless NXT reign of doom that got really boring by the last eight months of that. So, And that match isn't going to be particularly good because Shayna Baszler isn't particularly amazing in the ring and i don't think becky has it in her to carry her to something mania worthy so i i don't really look forward to that match and i think that's going to be another instance where they cool off becky needlessly and um i think that match is going to disappoint and they're going to blame her unfairly for that you know on one hand i get what you're saying but on the other hand the fact that they are actually going to do something new with new people for for mania you know what good it, it's needed to happen for a while oh yeah i'm, it's I'm, to happen, I'm just but... saying i'm saying i'm saying good let's 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 do this let's build new people up let's let's you know see this um let's see this go down and see you know let's let's for god's sake try something different it's more and the problem get that, out of it. It's more the problem that they don't do the work from May to December. Yeah, it it does kind of seem like that uh that time where you forgot that homework and you're trying to rush to get it done right before you're supposed to hand it in, but you know what? I'm I'm just I'm going to be happy that they're doing something else. That's, I'm also I've never been as big on McIntyre as a lot of other people seem to be. Like, I don't dislike him or anything. I just, he's just kind of there for me. And he always has been, even when he was like doing indie stuff and he was kind of getting big. He was always kind of like, a, oh, you know, he's there. I wouldn't, you know, not go see a show with him on it, but I'm not necessarily inclined to go out of my way to see a show just because he's on it. Well, I've got some nitpicks with McIntyre, but in the end, I like I said, I'm just happy that we're getting something different, and I'm okay with that. You know, of of everything there could be, I'm just okay with us getting a chance to to see them actually try and push somebody else to do something else, so that. You know, we can. It, it'll it'll at least freshen it up a little bit. And who knows who's going to be left the way they're eating through people on wellness violations right now? Yeah, God bless. Yeah, that's this. Uh, the I know a lot of people talk about how different the culture is backstage, and that's good. But the the road schedule is just chewing people up. It always has. 
and now with the higher level level of athleticism, people don't want to see you go out there on a house show and dog it because you're like, well, it's just a house show. I'm not going to try and kill myself right now. They're wanting to see all the big stuff, and so. <sighs> so hey, who was who was that guy that that? Matt sent us the gif of earlier that's at like some indie show and he walks over to some kid playing on the computer and unplugs the computer. <laughs> oh yeah. That's I, on our I laughed Twitter. about that all afternoon. So the guy on Twitter at least is Troy Hollywood. Let me actually Google him. And that um I, I just saw that like retweeted he somebody retweeted that. But that was something that he initially posted like back in November. So it's a few months old, but uh, for those who aren't aware, like you can go on. I think I um, commented on it, so if you go to our uh, Twitter page, you can see. Yeah, I think I actually, you retweeted I, it. Yeah, I retweeted it with a comment. Um, it is hilarious. It's a, it's it's. <laughs> I guess it's debatable whether you think it's a, a amazing heel action or it, he's the face for doing what he did. But my uh, answer is both. Yeah. Uh, basically, this guy—it looked like it was at an indie show—and some kid was like in the corner. I don't know why they would have this up and running, but some it's kid was like at a community center or something, and the kid wasn't like actually affiliate, like watching the show. He was just doing something else, probably. But this kid is like off to the side of whatever the venue is, and he there was like two monitors, and he was clearly playing like a video game off one of the monitors. And this guy, Troy Hollywood, like comes out of the ring goes ducks under like the table because all this was just set up on like a one of just those regular fold tables card folding tables and un- <laughs> completely unplugs the system so this yeah. kid just whatever he was playing just all that lost <laughs> and just and, walks away yeah and it's amazing i i agree with you because that right there's a uh, you like you sent that to us this morning i think and I was like actually pissed that that was still set up when there was a show going on, like mm-hmm. secondhand. As far away from it as we are, it's like who leaves something like that set up when there's a show going on? What kind of? Yes, he should absolutely have done that. Absolutely, you know. And then I was like, that's a good way to get heat. But no, he he absolutely should have. So there's my controversial statement for the episode, I guess. <laughs> Okay, then. Uh, but yeah, Matt, yeah, that's on our Twitter. So uh, go check it out. It's, it's, it's good. It's, you know, it's, it's a really good clip. It's, it's up there with, it's up there with Chuck Taylor scaring children. Yes. I absolutely agree with that. Chuck Taylor scaring children is, 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 Really, it, I, I should feel bad about saying this in some way, but it's fun to watch. <laughs> it really is. All right, so um, tonight we're going to be talking about wrestling gear, the gear that guys wear to the ring and in the ring, and what's a good fit and what's the best and that sort of good stuff. So, um, as always, we want to we'd love to hear from you guys. Please, uh, you know, hit us up on the social media and let us know if you think that we're pants on the head crazy or if you. If you love our picks, um, or or a boot on ahead, if if uh, oh, if Rodent Supreme's involved, yes. <laughs> so we are. Uh, this was actually a suggestion my wife gave me 
that I pitched that um, she she brought that up, and I thought, you know what, I don't I don't think we've ever gotten anywhere near this topic before. So I think it's a great idea. Um, the thing that we're looking for here is going to be, like I said, the idea of um, you know whose entrance attire and gear fits their gimmick the best, and um, I guess I'll 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 start with. Um, I'll start with the one that my wife used as an example when she pitched it. Is she referenced early Shawn Michaels with the, uh, you know, with the mirrors and the the women, you know, the women holding up the mirrors and all that kind of stuff. And the, oh, and uh, Sherry Martell was still singing his his uh, sexy boy theme. I think they kept using that version for a long time. I think uh, they changed it when he finally like started turning face. Okay. Maybe like ninety four, they might have changed it. Okay, but um, maybe I don't remember. But and then the other thing that went with it was the uh, the uh, the village people chaps that went with it as part of his entrance attire. And he had some really elaborate and very mid nineties oh, entrance attire. He used to annoy me so much because he had to take off like eight earrings before the match. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and unzip the the chaps and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um. I think we have to do the classic because you know he did spend like, oh, what did he what did he spend on his robes like ten to twenty thousand a piece? Yeah, we were gonna it, it, at the time it, they were I thought they were five thousand, but yeah, that was one of the big ones on my list. And and Matt and I had 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 shivvied a little bit back and forth before we got started, and we were both like, yeah, we we're gonna spend a lot of time talking about Ric Flair. You know, there's a yeah. funny side story since we're talking about ring gear. Cornette was telling a story once that Flair was in some like some hoity toity like business attire place and he like mm-hmm. called he called like Cornette and he's like, Hey, they've got like they got really nice pants here. Do you want some? And Cornette was like, Yeah. And he said like, Yeah, Flair sent me two of every color. I should have known better. <laughs> wow jeez but even like but like the, there's the thing there there's there's the double with flair especially like in the in the um in the 80s like you get the ring yeah. robes which are amazing and he's got a bunch yes. of them um and like he does the spin to really give you the um the full impression of it but coming out for promos just the sunglasses, the custom fit suit, the Rolex, mm-hmm. you know, the rings. And, you know, he always, he's always, like, I, the really classy guys always carried the belt, like, folded up, like, tucked in their arm, like, in their, right. like, armpit. Like, there, there's a classy way to carry a belt, and not everyone <laughs> knows how to do it. I think it's actually a lost art now. Yeah, you don't see it happen as much. Like, uh, the place that we see it the most right now is on NWA Power. Um, but it's it's just not something you see a whole lot right now. You see um, you see people, you know, most commonly it's over the shoulder. Um, I as as uh, it, in my time with one that was, you know what? Even in my time with it, I didn't. I didn't actually put it over my shoulder, but I, it was part of my gimmick is that I, I had chains wrapped around it and I just carried it off to my side. Cause for me, the point wasn't that I held it. It's the point that nobody else did. See, but, I, feel, uh, I feel, um, 
I feel heels and faces should hold the belt differently. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, you know, here's a funny story. Back in um, in the late '90s, when the Kane won the heavyweight title off of Austin in uh, what was it? Was it First Blood or Bad Blood? I think. Okay, I was trying. Well, I can't remember what kind of match it was. It was like a cage match that was a first blood match, I believe. Okay, and uh, Kane said something to the effect of, "If I don't win, I'm going to set myself on fire" or something like that. So the Undertaker's like, "Well, I can't let my little brother do this to himself." So he helped. He helped Taker win the belt off of Austin, and I was on the phone with a friend of mine watching this when um, they, you know, they're getting ready to have the return match the next night on raw, which was a very WCW thing of them to do. Yeah. But it made sense at the time though, because they really sold that as a, as a very dire situation. Yeah. But the, the, the music, you know, the music hits, Kane's getting ready to come out. And my friend said to me, he goes, you know, if he comes out here wearing the belt, he's going to keep it. If he comes out here with the belt over his shoulder, he's going to lose it. Lo and behold, he walks out with his over, with it over his shoulder and dropped it. And I was just like, "Wow, that is some crystal ball stuff." How? What was his? What was his? Um, what was his uh, reasoning behind that? Uh, he didn't. At the time, I didn't think enough to ask him to clarify it, but. If I were to guess, it would be something about the the permanence of it. Because, like, if you've just got it over your shoulder, you don't even have it fastened. It's like you're ready to just put it down immediately, right? It's it's like, okay, I am here. I have this. I now put it down. I am done. As opposed to, like, if you strap it on, there's more care in it, I guess, maybe. I'm, I'm spitballing here because we didn't talk about it specifically, but... I was just kind of amazed at his his uh, you know his fortune telling ability on it. I also think going back, I think guys doing interviews in street clothes is a really lost art as well. Yeah, hmm. everybody everybody does not need to be in ring gear to do an interview. Well, I hate like on Raw when a guy comes out in his ring gear and he doesn't even wrestle on the show. Like, why did you even have that on? Yeah. Um, that used to be real bad on WWE pay-per-views is that you would have people in full gear standing around talking and it ain't like it's, it's a quick thing to get in and out of wrestling gear and get all taped up or anything like that, but they're in full gear and they did nothing on the show. And yeah, so, I know. Why? Why? Why are we doing this? Why... I mean, if if that happened uh, at a show I was at, I was pissed about it. I'm like, don't just don't let, first of all, don't let me get geared down and then tell me you need me to do something. You know, just just go ahead and tell me if you need me to stay in gear. And then second, don't don't have me get geared up for nothing. Yeah, I imagine because you have to probably there probably is a lot of stuff that goes into that. 
Well, like, as... yeah, I had a lot. I, I had like braces that I wore under my stuff, and I would wrap my hands up and and all that kind of thing. But um, back to Flair, it's the yeah the what was it nineteen eighties money ten thousand dollar robes is that I think so. are we remembering that right it, it was some absurd amount because they I mean I he, he I think he, he was getting like some lady was like custom making those for him from like scratch right. oh wow and all the all the fine work with getting the um all the rhinestones or whatever into yeah, it you know that stuff's like embroidered like by hand like I mean that. <laughs> There, those those robes probably took an insane amount of detail to make. And the the who was it that said that the number that he just left behind absentmindedly in hotel rooms? Well, remember, um, he, remember he would like with the Rolexes, he would just be like, "Oh yeah, I've got like five of these." If he'd break one. It's, uh, <sighs> have you ever have you ever heard the Bill the Bill Burr? Um, bit talking about flair's like documentary and how like he like all of his stuff was like a close it like was like a closer no talking about like how when he'd get blackout drunk and wake up in a hotel room full of like strange women he didn't know he'd call those waking up next to an alien (laughs) and they were asking if he was an alcoholic like well i don't really think i'm an alcoholic because i've never thought about stopping No, I I had I am completely unfamiliar with this. Yeah, go look it up on YouTube. It's 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 amusing to see it through his eyes. He also okay. there's one there's one of him talking about the um that Anoki versus that idiot in the eighties that wouldn't cooperate with him, so Anoki like had to shoot on him. Yeah, just beat the piss out um the great Antonio, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, that wow I you, know what you're talking about. You pulled that you pulled that straight out of your ass. Good job. Uh, I did, and I, I don't, I can't really justify it. <laughs> I think, I think to go along with that, though, Honky Tonk Man says his suits cost, like, about three grand. Oh, yeah, the full <clears throat> embroidery, like, jumpsuit thing. That's a good yeah. point. I hadn't thought it, about that. Because there was, it, it's gotten better now, but there was a, there was a shoot interview with Honky Tonk Man talking about current wrestlers, and he was... His advice to young wrestlers was like, you need to invest in yourself and get stuff that looks good. Uh, he's right. He he really is because the guys that go out there wearing like cut off shorts and and t shirts, no one wants to watch them. They. I think it's gotten better. I, I I know Matt goes to a lot of indie shows, and I feel like the general quality of gear has gotten better. I feel like I'm watching far fewer guys in sweatpants and like weightlifting gloves it so i don't i don't mean i don't go to shows all the time but i have gone to a few and i'm actually in in about two weeks going to be going to the next um primetime pro wrestling show here in dc which uh is i guess kind of getting some heat like they they have they're getting some name people like at uh at this show they're going to have effie um, wrestle. He actually wrestled the last show, and he's kind of a a bigger deal on the indie scene right now. But he, uh, yeah, they, the it's a mix. Like some of the guys, like don't really have, <laughs> they don't really have good ring gear, right? Um, but some people do look like they put a little bit of money into. Well, their let's stuff. let's take a second and and mm-hmm. hash out why this matters. 
you know, if if you what's the difference in perception of someone who <clears throat> looks like they have like put some effort and some some money into their ring gear versus guys who you know haven't? What how how does that affect your perception? For me, yeah. I uh, I mean it's it's unfair to say this in a way in a way kind of but because it really should just be like how they carry themselves and how how they wrestle and their promo ability all those different factors but it does kind of make them look a little like cheap and mm-hmm. low rent uh, which is kind of funny because I mean I mean look at two of the more successful people in the last twenty years were like Austin and Goldberg and yeah for the most part they were just you know two dudes with uh just basic black trunks and like black wrestling boots but i don't know it just it makes them it does make them seem kind of low rent in a way and you don't Um, take them as seriously do you no uh and especially if they're trying to do some sort of gimmick like a masked gimmick or something like that it, it can look bad sometimes yeah. Um, but then some people have actually put. You could see that they're putting effort into it. Uh, a couple guys who are also have been kind of frequenting the primetime shows are uh, a couple of Chikara guys. I know Brad's familiar with them. Blank and uh, Apricot <laughs> still oh, life yeah. with Apricot and pears. They're they're um, they're they are. They are one of the most underrated gimmicks. So, Shad, what the, what they are is pretty much um, still life with pears and apricot. It, he pretty much wears a white suit with just paint smeared over it because he's essentially the blank's pretentious art project. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, like, so still life pretty much, he just wears, like, a white bodysuit and there's just, like, paint splattered all over it. Yeah, he's, um, he's kind of varied up his attire now well uh, sorry they they're they make a point to noting that they're non-binary yeah so they kind of varied up the the attire now a little bit i think there's like a a more colorful attire now yeah um it's funny because the last show i went it was actually the first show that they had and blank wrestled both as blank and in the other persona there is the same individual wrestles as a different gimmick which I won't spoil for those who don't know, but he actually did like double <laughs> he did double duties on the show. He showed up, he showed up as uh, as the, the the other gimmick, and then later on wrestled as blank. He actually had a pretty good match with um with Jimmy Jacobs. I forgot the name right there for a second. Okay, well I. Uh, I know that, uh, at least for me, people who showed up and their their gimmicks were uh, just you know it's like ah that's what I that's what I got. Like I had some shows where it's like because I had a a set of gear that I I wore out, and I had some stuff that was supposed to come in so that I could you know so I would have gear, but. Um, between those two times, I was like, well, crap, I guess this is what I'm doing then. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like I was wearing like a t-shirt and jeans. My usual thing is I I had a singlet so that the singlet top was the top of my gear, 
because I thought it, I just I thought it would look more professional. Uh, you know, it made it made it look like I I I fit in, like I belonged with what we were doing. But it, um, you know, it, it it bothered me to not have gear that made it even look like I was trying. My problem too is like guys that don't um, don't put the care in to cover up their faults. Like if you're if you're a guy with a beer gut wrestling, like I don't care, but don't wear something where your beer gut's gonna hang over your over your waistline. Yeah, or if you have skinny little chicken legs, maybe wear long like maybe wear pants and not trunks or like the cut off shorts, so that people yeah. can see your little your little twigs coming out. Yeah, that's that. That's a real good point. Or if you have a bad upper body, like if you're like Tommy Dreamer, like maybe it's okay to wear a shirt. Well, that my upper body wasn't ever great, but that's why I wore the singlet. Is I thought, you know, okay, this is going to cover some stuff that doesn't work for me, but it's still going to look like I belong in the ring. So yeah, and um, but like, but like you know, I, you know, I think we all know what we're what we're thinking about for like the typical indie guy that's not trying which is jean shorts with like a wife beater and like a do-rag yeah that's like your typical mid-2000s like has put no money into their ring gear pretty much and uh then like there are some some guys who get super offended by that um and and they shouldn't get offended by it just just don't don't work with people like that but they get like super pissed for reasons that still pass my understanding it's like for people being dressed like that or that someone critiqued their choice no for people being dressed like that oh you know it's it's but anyway um it, it i feel like your ring gear can go a long way towards either like you said, Brad, accentuating something about you and and like really making the point or it can detract from you. And then everyone's just like they, they can't maybe they can't even put their finger on why, but they're like, oh, God, that looks bad. Cause I'll tell you, I'll tell you a guy that has good ring entrance gear and good ring gear just in general. Over the years, actually, even when, you know, Chikar was lower budget, but Hallow Wicked has really great, memorable ring gear. Because, you know, in, he his does. Face, in his face days, you know, he had his mask, but he would wear, like, the tore-up the tore up shirts. Okay. That really kind of went with his gimmick. And now, like, that he's heel, he wears, like, this, this horned, like, helmet to the ring, and he wears, like, this body armor. Uh-huh. And uh, I sent you a picture of him, actually, what he yeah. looks like now. And Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I was looking at that. I couldn't put my finger on who it was, but now you say it, I see it. Oh, I see he's got the uh, the Wish special uh, shoulder pauldrons, too. Yeah. But that's really okay, good, it fits. Really great gear. I think... Um, I think like now I will I will I will talk about someone that does dress a little slovenly to the ring, but I think it actually works for him and helps accentuate his gimmick with Eddie Kingston. Okay. Mm. Because he's kind of like he's kind of just a dirty brawler. So you know sometimes 
Or even like, let's go even old school. Like if Dick Slater was, a, no, I'm sorry, not Dick Slater. Dick Murdoch came out a little slovenly. Like you'd forgive it because, you know, it's kind of his deal. Yeah. Um, that was something that happened with, uh, <sighs> damn, I'm going to screw this oh, up. Uh, homicide. Know, yeah. Homicide would come out and it, it would just look like street clothes. But let's be honest, Tom, part of Homicide's gimmick was being a gang member. So, of course, it made sense. Or Billy Kidman when he was in the flock and he had like the, the just the raggy, horrible like clothing. The heroin addict gimmick. Yeah. Because that's totally what that was. That was totally yeah. a heroin addict. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna throw I'm actually gonna throw a, a really interesting one out here because it, it kind of um, involved an angle. But D'Lo Brown after Dan Severn injured him using the chest plate forever. <laughs> Yes, it was like it was like Bob Orton, except instead of being on the arm, it was the chest protector. Yeah, yeah, I got in at the time. You know, I was maybe a freshman in high school, so it pissed me off. But it was supposed to. That was the gimmick, right? So I got to agree with you. That's that's a really good call. Or the guys back in the '80s that would do the loaded boot gimmick, like um, the grappler that said he had a medical condition. And um, that one foot was shorter than the other. So he'd always wear one boot that had like they they just made it look like the 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 sole of the boot was bigger. Uh huh. And then he would, you know, he would goof around with it, you know, where he was loading the boot and then he'd kick a guy in the face and beat him. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's absolutely uh, it, it's nice whenever you can you can do that sort of thing, um, where not only does your ring gear fit your gimmick, but it also it gives you opportunities for shenanigans. Yeah, because shenanigans is a fun word to say. Or um, my personal favorite is SummerSlam '88 when Rick Rude came out with Jake Roberts' um, wife on his tights. Oh wow! Oh yeah, yeah that, that really carries the angle. And um, when he came out and he beat Warrior at WrestleMania Five, he had the Intercontinental belt on his tights. Like Rude, Rude really had some great airbrushed stuff. The other thing that cracks me up about the—I'm sorry, Matt. I'll give you—I'll I'll, <laughs> up just a second. But about the um, the Rude with uh, Robert's wife airbrushed on it was those were only good for one match because Roberts literally tore them off of him at the end of that match. Yeah. And Rick Rude had him some chicken legs. Hmm. <laughs> Which I don't know that I would have I, I would have guessed that, but it, he was he was covering that uh that particular deficiency I, up. So I have to say, like Rick Rude, I appreciate his utter devotion to wrestling almost every match of his career with his ass practically coming out of his tights every single time. <laughs> what were you gonna say, uh Matt? If we want to actually go with um, someone from the modern era who does, who has worked the whole like, I'm going to airbrush your face onto my tights gimmick, it's Velveteen Dream. Oh, that's oh, yeah. that's such a good point. And he's even doing it um, as recently as you know, the last few days uh, for NXT, which yeah. uh, that was actually, it kind of got some people talking on, on online, basically, because it's, they really... It, it's kind of you don't know who's the heel or the face. Like the heel should be Roderick Strong, but 
it's not really like face behavior to have a man's wife and child airbrushed on yeah. tights, which is Dude, what Dream they, was doing. They kind of they're kind of whiffing on that because no one people don't know what to do because they don't feel sympathy for Roderick Strong, but they also think Dream's like going to this weird, uncomfortable place. It's really kind of turning into a train wreck. Like uh, I. I... This is one case where the mind games um, sell of something like that would really work. Like if they were saying, oh no, he's playing mind games with him, he's trying to mess with him. Like they claimed the, to do with gold dust. Okay, cool. You know, we can do this, but um, I guess they're not, if I'm understanding correctly. Are they just kind of... They're getting too cute with it, I think, is the problem. I don't know. Okay. I, I, I don't particularly care for what they're doing because, I don't know, I know Dream's supposed to kind of be a gray area character, like, as far as the face heel alignment, but it's really not a great story, in my opinion. Well, and... Uh, um, well, I guess we'll just kind of sit back and see what happens. Maybe there'll be a payoff down the line. But, now, if, we're, if we're staying modern, Cody Rhodes has um, been really good lately with his um, ring attire. Yeah. And as well as interview attire, because he usually does like a suit. Yeah. Uh, see, that's that's actually a good example. Um, he's kind of, in a way, I mean, he's kind of aping, I, I'll say Ric Flair, but... It's that whole concept where it's like you, if you're, if you want to present yourself as the star, um, and he's clearly the, the biggest babyface in AEW, mm-hmm. but he goes out there and he wears like a suit for doing a promo or an interview. He's got like the nice shoes, he's got the the nice watch, dressed really nice, and you do come off as like a big deal. Like it's something that is very more subtle, I guess, but I mean, it's still there. It's like in your face and someone who to talk about NWA power, who's kind of been doing that whole thing too, is Nick Aldis. Mm-hmm. Like Nick Aldis, whenever they have him, you know, not wrestling, he will usually come out there in like suit and, or like, at least like, you know, like a nice blazer or something like that. And he'll go and do his interviews and he just, he's, he's presenting himself as a, I, I'm a star. I'm a big deal. I'm like a world-class elite wrestler. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess you can choose to buy into that or not. But to me, like, I think it works. Like, if you present yourself like a star like that, then that's how you are. And I mean, it's not just this isn't just the way in wrestling. Like, I know there are oftentimes like, if you actually play like organized sports, there mm-hmm. was rules. Like, I mean, this is even going back to I remember when I was like in high school. Like, I played like high school. I played some high school basketball and. Basically, if you're if it's an away game, it's like you there were there were basically dress code rules like right. you need to wear like a tie and a, and a sport coat and yeah. like dress pants. It, you right. kind of need to present this image as someone who is a big deal. So because there's a Cody certain does amount a great of job with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a certain amount of just taking your taking yourself seriously and wanting other people to take you seriously as well. Um, so yeah, I agree with you, and it's it's uh, you know Cody is doing a great job with it. Um, I don't. Uh, the only time I think I've seen where someone's like worn a suit for stuff and it's not worked 
was like the Mick Foley tuxedo hardcore champion thing. And that was done just to prove that it didn't work on him. So that, that shouldn't even really count, but, um, you know, that's, that's the only instance I can think of where that, that didn't work. So what's up? Let's, let's talk about some examples of awful ring attire. Is there anything that jumps out to you guys as far as terrible? I, I had some more, I had some more good ones that I thought we could hit. And then I, Oh yeah, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a pick for stuff that just doesn't work. Um, if you don't mind, or do we want to come back to good ones? Let's, let's, let's change it up and do a bad one. And then we can, we can. <clears throat> All right. Around and here, I'm going to sit on mine in case you guys have one you want to throw out there and then I'll, I'll throw mine out. See, a lot of mine are, are related to like bad gimmicks, like Mantar or, um, Bastion Booger or even like the Shockmaster. God, the Shockmaster was or so tugboat. Bad. I or tugboat with his sailor outfit. Oh my gosh, that was awful. Yeah, that was pretty bad too. Um, or the headbangers where they were wearing like the giant bras when they would come to the ring. They towards did? the end of their remember like towards the end of their WWE run. No, I don't remember that at all. I know they were kind of doing the kilt thing, but I don't remember that. I don't think it was Draws doing that. No, Draws always did the the like the giant um, like cat in the hat hats that were kind of in at the time. Yeah, yeah, those things that you could pick up at your local festival for making the shot or something like that. Those were yeah, those that was big for like what two years, if that. It was like a rare moment of uh, WWE being in the cultural zeitgeist. Of something. Be- well, it's because it was in that time when lots of folks had lots of personal freedom, and so he wore that because it's a, po- I guess, because it was a popular thing, and he's like, "Well, I'm gonna go ahead and do it." Yeah, and it worked, but um, uh, bad. I mean, separated from bad gimmicks, uh, yeah, I mean, the Shockmaster is is remarkably awful because it didn't tie in at all, right? The uh, where, 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 what, why, why is the gimmick the dude has a spray painted, you know, a spray painted glitter stormtrooper helmet? Where does this tie in? How does this make any sense? Yeah, I, it does. I don't. I have actually two great examples of awful ring attire that just popped in my head: um, Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin. Because mm. with Roman. With Roman, it's not offensive in and of itself, but you you want to push this guy because he supposedly has this great body, and you cover ninety five percent of it up. And then Baron Corbin has just waffled between just awful ring attire his entire career. Well, like his early NXT stuff and the biker thing fit. Yeah, but that then that, sense. but then he had his all of his flab coming over his. Well, but. <laughs> That he kept the shirt early on, and it fit for the 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 jackass biker thing, like that made sense. But uh, yeah, with Roman, I've I've never understood it. If the guy is supposed to be this big baby face, then why is he wearing the aforementioned D'Lo Brown chest protector all the time? 
Um, well, and why is he still running around in like shield attire? That's just that's been over for five years now. And then back, and then gone, and then back. I think he just leaves it on just in case. Uh, if if you want a kayfabe reason behind it, it's like you never know. It, it's happened before, but um, I, I I have not liked it. No, in the you know why 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 is Roman still wearing that? It just it doesn't make any sense to me. Matt, you've you've been quiet for a minute. Are we are we deeply offending you? No, um, I I don't mind Roman's attire. Um, I do think that they should probably change it up, but I don't think they will. <laughs> I think they like, I mean, they put out like a million toys of him. So you would think, why don't you just change it up? So yeah, you can get, you can kind of go to that. Well, again, um, Roman, is, I'm uh, sorry. Baron Corbin's is not good, but yeah, I mean, it, it kind of like he had a stretch where it made sense. As he was trying to be the the whatever the title of Raw that they you know the the constable the yeah constable it's he didn't look anything like Odo so I hated it that doesn't make you know it was that's a bad he joke. also had the faux pas of he was holding on to like his balding hair like way too long that didn't do him any favors but. After his after his like constable of raw thing ran its course, and he kept wearing that, he just kind of looked like a host at an Applebee's. <laughs> That's a great way of putting it, actually. Right? Because you know, here he comes out to the ring, and it's it's like black slacks and a black shirt with a vest over it, and it's like, how many in your party tonight? And I, I couldn't. I, it just. I couldn't, right? It did. It, he got he got fired. He looks like he got fired from that place on Office Space because he didn't have enough flair on. He was only wearing mm. the company mandated flair. Yeah, he had no flair at all. Yeah, just none. And he had a case of the Mondays. Uh, I mean, yeah. I think I, <laughs> I think I, I touched I, a nerve. No, that there, there's some. If someone said that to me at my work, there's a good chance they might get a pen in the eye. Hell no, man. I think someone get their ass kicked if they said that where I work. Um, what would you do with a million dollars, two chicks at once? Not not, not every chick's going to be into that, man. Kind of chicks double up on double up on a guy like me would be. That's a good point. That's, that's the most logical <laughs> statement I think I ever heard in a movie, <laughs> and it was amazing. It's, it's a, yeah. It's a. He was the best character in that movie too, because like when he says that, he's like, "No, man, like no, like you get your ass kicked if you said something like that." Just the look of disgust on his face. Yeah, um, I can't remember that actor's name, but he he was in Drew Carey, wasn't he? Yeah, he was on the Drew Carey show. He was always really good at pulling off those those like small details like that. Like he wasn't ever stealing a scene, but the scenes always worked for him. Was he the security cop in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? Or was that he, the other? No, I believe you're right. I believe he was. 
Baron Corbin's ring attire is so bad it sends us off into movie references. <laughs> it's because Sal- Silent Bob has better ring attire. Uh, I can't really say anything. I did the long jacket bit myself. Um. Well, so let's see. I'm trying okay. to think of here. I'm gonna give you. I'm going to give you a collective run of bad ring attire. For a long time, like same thing over and over again, is that after Triple H's metamorphosis into the 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 power trip, as I suppose it was called, or or the 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 corporate champion or whatever the hell, right? Every he would always be presenting himself as you know the corporate champion with the suit and all that sort of stuff. And then he would come to the ring as like, as like, no, you don't understand. I'm the awesome, like kind of sort of biker badass guy too. And it's like, and, and every WrestleMania, this, this, this biker entrance where like he's, he's, he's driving a power truck to the ring instead of an actual bike or something like it. It, it, it has never and and the 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 Terminator entrance for God's sake, like it didn't work. I love how I love how he loves the cosplay Arnold rolls, and it's like you have you don't look nearly as good in that stuff as you think you do because Arnold yeah. had like Arnold's muscles had muscles. Yeah, right. Are you with us, Matt, or are you just like, oh God, they're talking about Triple H again? I'm here. <laughs> That that power trike, I forget about that until you bring it up because you bring it up like once every four months because I think that offended you deeply, Shad. It's so stupid. It's not so much it offends me deeply, but it doesn't make. If if you're gonna be like, no, we're doing the biker thing, and I'm coming out to the ring, and then ride a bike, right? You know, don't don't be like. It's like the under biker taker's little brother. It's like, no, I got a, I got a wheeled thing that's got a motor in it too. And it's like it's got one too many wheels. And it's like, mom said I couldn't ride one unless I had the three wheels on it. <laughs> that's what it makes me think of. Oh man! Now maybe it's just me. I, I, I'm not. I've never been on WrestleMania or anything, but I still think it's stupid. I, his Conan stuff always bugs me. It, right? What was it that was in that um, in that wrestling isn't wrestling? He likes to imagine himself as this badass barbarian king, but he's not. Yeah. So that it, and it's been like this year. We actually, I think, we're getting a reprieve from it. This, I think we are actually. Uh, this could be. The year of like uh, a very refreshing time. Yeah, I'm I'm getting more and more hopeful as I think about it. Now, speaking of barbarian, barbarian kings, can we can we segue back to a really really great um, run with great ring attire, which was King Seamus? Oh wow. Someone that actually pulled Google some of those images because he pulled off like the Barbarian King look far better than Triple H did. Oh man, I wasn't. I don't think I was watching much in that period. Yeah, I can't say that I really remember King, that. King Regal was good too. 
for like the two weeks that lasted until his wellness violation. Thank <laughs> on it, Regal. We wanted good things for you. Dang. That was still that was still one of the best raw endings ever. Was him like sitting on the throne? I, I don't remember that. I do remember that, and I was excited for it, and then it didn't it didn't last. Obviously, yeah, right. it did not last. Sadly, the crying shame. There was like three weeks of awesomeness with that, and then that was kind of it for him. Well, okay, in, in a similar vein, then. What about the idea of how much King Booker picked up and ran? Um, I wasn't a big fan of the King Booker thing, I'm going to be honest. There was, okay, I should clarify. There was a piece of the King Booker thing that cracked me up, and I'm pretty sure it was intentional. But, you know, he would be trying to do the, the very formal speech, and whenever it was the King versus King feud, and he's he's talking down to Jerry Lawler, and he would refer, refer to him as Jerome Lawler. <laughs> but then whenever something would happen that would either freak him out or make him mad, he'd revert to his normal speech pattern. Uh, you know, the, the more street-style speech pattern. And that cracked me up every time. He it, really went all in on that. Yeah, I loved that. He should go back. Someone should convince him to go back and redo his Hulk Hogan promo that he thought was going to get him fired and his his um, King speech. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Just the idea of that. He's got a good sense of humor about that, though. He said he thought he was going to get fired. Yeah, you can see said, it as soon as he says it. He's he just said like, he, oh, he's hell. like he's like he's like oh man, I just lost my job. And he said Hogan came up and like thought it was hilarious, and then he felt better. <laughs> well, in retrospect, well yeah, Hogan, Hogan might have found it hilarious for other reasons. Well, my favorite Hogan story though is when the the giant beat him for the title like the first time at that. Like right after that Halloween Havoc we watched and Hogan's like, yeah, he's like, now, man, like you're the champion. Like you got to wear the belt around like you, so people <laughs> yeah. know you're the champion. Let me tell you something, like, brother. You got you to wear it like the grocery store, dude. And, <laughs> and then he says he's wearing it like the airport and Sting comes up to him. He's like, what the hell are you doing, man? Like, take that off. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's- Terry, Terry said I got to carry it around. Put that thing see, away. It's... See, but that's the that's the those are the kind of ribs I like hearing about, not like the self-destructive, like sociopathic ones people always want to hear about. Like mm-hmm. I like that one because no one was murdered or, you know, beaten to with an inch of their life, like yeah. no animals were killed. Like it just humiliated someone publicly for a bit and you know it and was funny. It's a it makes for a funny story. Yeah, and it's 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 kind of good. It's kind of you know good spirited in its own way. Like there, it's yeah. not like it's not like the Mister Fuji stuff that I hate hearing about. Yeah, there's a there's a story about um, Raven had a Mister Fuji story that was not that way, it, and it, it, I thought it was pretty funny. Is Mister Fuji was like, okay, we're gonna go to the show, and he makes the other guy drive, 
and they drive for five hours because the other guy doesn't know the area. So Mr. Fuji's, Fuji's giving him directions. Five hours it took him to get to the show. After the show, the, this, this guy is like, he's dead, right? He is completely wore out. So Fuji's like, well, don't worry. I'll drive us home and gets them back home in like 30 minutes. And he's like, oh, I found a shortcut. See, I don't have that kind of devotion to a joke. <laughs> I just, I love that story. I think that that particular rib, I think, is 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 great. Um, it's it, it reminds me of one of my favorite Jericho segments from um, Nitro is when he did the Spinal Tap thing where he was coming out to face Goldberg and he um, he got lost in the backstage area and it's just him going around corners like he's gonna hit the entrance area. We talked about that one. That was a Thunder in Lexington, Kentucky. Oh, okay. Were you at that one? I was not. Uh, I had some friends that were, and then there was a promoter that I worked for that proposed to his wife at that show. Nice. So, you know, that's a thing that happened. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's... That one that was that was pretty funny TV. Uh, Jericho is kind of interesting in that he he does ring gear that fits what you're doing, but he works really hard to find like ways to wring heat out of it that I, I don't think other people work as hard to try and do. Uh, like you remember his his raw debut. And just how, just how, just like on one hand, it was awesome to see him there. And then on the other hand, he just looked downright silly with the top knot and the disco shirt. Yeah, he's, he's, he's also changed his look a lot over the years. Right. Which I think is great. That should absolutely happen. But, um. All right. Uh, bad example. Other bad examples that uh, that aren't just bad gimmicks, because it's too easy to pick on just bad gimmicks for that. Now, kind of going to um, going back to people holding title belts. What did you guys think of Hollywood Hogan playing the world title like an air guitar when he was in the NWO? Uh, I liked it. I actually thought it was. Uh... It added something to the character. It, it, well, I mean, part of it was like they spray painted it, like so. Yeah, he's he's kind of treating it like garbage, but also, you know, he wanted to be the the champion. So, um, him playing, I think, added some character to that, especially since he's supposed to be like like a rebel. And yeah, I liked it. it. It fit. It it really did. I agree with you, Matt. It was a um. It 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 very much fit with the way the gimmick went. So that was good stuff. Um, I still have to go back and and and, and separate my uh, my my new my my new fan Markness from some of my feelings on stuff like that because I was so mad at the time and they're just like defacing the title. I love right? the one where I love the one where he was. Um... He got in that old lady's face at ringside. I remember that. And like she, he was actually, he was actually like, he was actually selling for her a bit. Yeah, because she would like rear back to swing at him, and he'd step away from her. 
Yeah, that was great. That that I need to watch that again because that was like masterful, like how he handled that. Oh man, he. It, it was one of those things where it's like, okay, that's got to be a plant, right? Because the way she was acting towards him. No, because I think they did that was like in Tennessee or something. I think she used to be at like the Smoky Mountain shows. Like I, I've recognized her and at other shows over. Oh, really? Sometimes. Wow. It was okay. Wow, that's fascinating. I had no idea. Yeah, you because um, because I know Cornette's talked about it. He said the old ladies were the ones you had to watch out for. <laughs> they didn't care, man. They just it's it's it, in my experience, it's been the older folks are the ones you got to be real careful about. Because I know I know Chris Zellner on um the Between the Sheets podcast was talking about. It was either his mom or his grandmother and her sister would go to the shows and they'd throw ice at the heels. Right. 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 It's, it's, man. So there's older folks, man. There's, there's you got to watch them. Well, they, and like Cornette would talk about when they do Mid-South, the cops would have to, the cops would have to surround you to go to the ring and he said yeah. you couldn't veer too far to the side because the fans would figure out if you were too close to the side, they could they could reach through the police and stab you. Yes. Oh, shit. That's, yeah. That's okay. That's crazy. It is. The The craziest one was apparently the heat that um, Skandor Akbor got at one point because with the police surrounding him, they couldn't get near him and he was smart enough not to get close to the police. So they started putting Drano in squirt guns to try and yeah. God, this is sociopathic behavior. I know, no, no. right? If you ever, if you, if you ever listen to like Cornette said, like there was this one time they were chasing them down the highway, and they got up right next to them, and he said, he said like Dennis Condry pulled the biggest gun he's ever seen <laughs> out of like his boot and started <clears throat> brandishing it to get them to back off. Yeah. Like it, it, the Cornette stuff, like especially if you listen to his um, the one where he answers listener mail and he gets into like the mid south stories, it's insane. Yes, he. I mean, he he tells stories about the uh, the fans in like South Louisiana. He said they were Cajuns with knives who were boozed up and believed everything was real, and they were just they were always ready to go. And it, there was, I, I, I don't think it was him, but someone talking about how you had to have two cars. One is the one that you would actually drive to the shows and because it, it, it would get destroyed. Well, and he said, like, he said they wouldn't slash your tires. They would do like they would stab them a certain way so that you wouldn't realize your tires are flat and your tires would go flat on the freeway mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere. Like they would just do. He said, like, they would just destroy your cars. Like, they figured out what hotel you're at. They would just destroy your car. Yep. Oh, man. That's – it's it, it's one of those things where it's like, man, we don't get – you don't get heat like that anymore. And then it's like, yeah, you don't. That's kind of – that was a Jesse Ventura story is that he had a fan who um, – he made it to the back behind the bleachers, and this fan crawled through the bleachers and pulled a Bowie knife out on him. And he was like, oh, I'm going to have to give this guy my arm if I'm going to live through this. 
And that's about the time this cop came out of nowhere and tackled the guy. So... When the the stories about Puerto Rico are really bad too. Yeah. They would throw like they would like throw water bottles full of pee at you and stuff. That, and batteries. I think I think I think Puerto Rico is where they said the batteries would get thrown at you a lot. That was in the uh, that was in Foley's book. Is he went to go work a show in Puerto Rico? Uh, it was, you know it was WWF like house show there, and he said, and uh, you know I walked through the curtain. And then I feel this warm substance down the back of my neck. It was not thrown. Somebody found the spot and poured urine down the back of my neck while I was on the way to the ring. That's that's edging into like biohazard territory. Yeah, in my state, that's assault. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know where you've been like i don't know what your bodily flu what diseases you're taking like i yeah i mean now like with coronavirus like i'm terrified i yeah i feel like i'm constantly washing my hands just just trying to somebody's got coronavirus in the background oh no 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 that was my house pipe didn't piper get shot or something in portland I think he got shot at, but I don't remember okay. shot. Oh, we really veered off into Yeah, I was gonna here. I was gonna say so ring gear. <laughs> Let me see. Who was someone that had some just god awful and I'm sitting here like there's a difference between we- like bland and boring and generic and and like you know Bad. And we I'm, talked about it two weeks ago. You you were not a fan of Michael Hayes's um ring gear uh, for that his, world his, championship wrestling episode we watched. His dad tights. Yeah. Yeah, that was well that kind of ties back to what you said earlier about um stuff that you know accentuates and looks good on you, and it's like whew, uh yeah, that waistband was up up at his belly button, you know. Yeah, that's a. But at least it was an effort to try and cover for, for a perceived uh, weakness. It's so I, I, I guess I can't hate too hard, but um, God, yeah. Back of my mind, it's it's tickling the back of my mind, and I'm trying to get a handle on on like, just really, you know, bad, ring gear or attention. Uh, entrance attire. Oh, I guess I I was gonna say the the kiss demon, but I mean the attire was okay. It's just the gimmick sucked. Yeah, um, and, and we did get we did get screaming demon smiley out of it. That's true. Screaming demon smiley was amazing. Uh, okay, what about after after David Flair quit trying to follow in his dad's footsteps and was running around with crowbar? No, I like that because okay. it fit. Okay. Sometimes, sometimes, like if you're Ralphus, like you should look like a slob. Like that's fine. No, okay, I've got one here for you. The the one that was managed by PMS when Sean Stasiak was known as Meat, and he had the trunks that looked like underwear. They looked oh, like oh yeah, that was mm. bad. 
Oh, how about Beaver Cleavage? Uh, he barely appeared on TV. Yeah. Yeah. That fed into a really awful angle. Oh. Or how about when um how about when Dustin was doing the artist formerly known No, no, no. That was still Gold Dust. When he was doing like the the Born Again thing and he was just like doing like the white stuff and he wasn't Gold Dust. Well, there were two there were two cases. Because the first was the artist formerly, I think the artist formerly known as Gold Dust was first. But he was still Gold Dust, wasn't he? It, uh, no, because he had like this, like Luna was leading him around with the leash, and he had like this weird, like pseudo bondage gear thing going on. Okay, okay, but that makes sense. Then we had he was doing the 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 preacher gimmick. That tied in with Val Venus, which I am just absolutely dead certain that this is another Vince Russo idea. Um, and it was, uh, and and he kept doing this like he's coming back, and and that same friend that called it with the cane thing, he was like, "Oh, he's going to bring Goldust back," and I was like, "You think so?" He's like, "Oh yeah, that's a that's exactly what he's talking about." I'm like, oh. Because, like, at the time, I was still a newbie to the whole thing. And, I, oh, he's right, but it didn't seem as crystal ball as the other one did. But, yeah, he brought back he brought back the gimmick after, oh, God, the fact that I'm going to say this. It, like, Dustin and Marlena were going to reconcile, and then Marlena ended up hooking up with Val Venus and said, never mind. And I just, uh, God, it's so it's so bad and so trashy. Um, and then he was just like, "Well, I'll just go back to being Gold Dust," and so he did, and nothing of consequence was gained. Wow, you remember that era really well. I do not remember a lot of that stuff anymore. It was. Because that, that, that was right in that era was was whenever I first started watching. So it was all new. And it, it all kind of seared into my brain. Um, and I'm I'm embarrassed that I remember that all so well. Golly, why couldn't the concussions have taken that out and left like my high school geometry behind or something? So who, who are a couple of guys that you wanted to talk about for good attire? Okay. So other other on. examples of good attire, uh, the Road Warriors. Oh yes, now yeah. not, not not the Legion of Doom. I thought their stuff sucked. They're kind of more '80s look that wasn't like so plasticky. Well, I mean, I, I, I was fine with it no matter what because it was, um, you, you know, the Road Warriors. They looked like. Mm, they look like a Mad Max gimmick, which is what they were supposed to be. They they really I feel like they didn't have the same edge in WWE though, because you really need them like in the AWA or NWA coming out to Iron Man and just yeah, those two that's, nuts hitting the ring and just are automatically like just beating up whoever they're in the ring with. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Um But it I mean it really fit, you know, it's you know, here here comes the the road warriors with the the giant spiky shoulder pads and the the crazy face paint. Yeah, they could have walked right out of a Mad Max movie. I uh, 
hesitate to admit, but I've been trying to find a beat up old pair of shoulder pads that I can paint up and make a Road Warriors costume out of. It hasn't happened yet, but I've been I'm working on it. Could you do football pads? Yeah, but I, I've been I've been trying not to have to buy brand new ones. Oh, you could probably find used ones of those. I I sh- I should just look harder if I'm gonna do it. I just haven't looked hard enough yet, and like it'll yeah. come, like the urge will come to find that, and I'll go looking, and then it'll pass, and I'll quit looking. But uh, yeah, that idea is still floating out there, and then. One of the others, uh, when you take into account entrance attire and ring attire and you put the whole package together, this is one case where not even a trace of irony, we got to give props to The Undertaker. Yeah, and... Uh, Oh, we did. (laughs) Well, no, and and he's someone who, I mean, the the, the gimmick is kind of gone through different iterations but he is someone who has changed up his look quite a bit over yeah. time yeah and it's I, oh, except purple glove era undertaker i hated purple gloves hmm. which did you hate more purple gloves or biker taker oh biker taker is the worst <laughs> it, I, I, you know the one concession i wanted out of biker taker was why are you still calling him the undertaker when he's not, right? The problem, the biker taker is so hard, though, because he was so terrible in that run, and he was just really unprofessional for a lot of it. Yeah. And um, we talked about that a couple episodes back, but he really gets a, he really gets a weird pass for some of the stuff he pulled. Like yeah. When he, like, some of the liberties he took on Canyon and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You're right. That's... Um... Yeah, and that really bothers me because, as far as I know, Canyon never did anything to anybody. You know, it's I, I don't I don't really understand why if 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 there's someone you're gonna you're gonna target on something like why why him of all people? Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't really get it, but just through all the years of the 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 different iterations. Of the Undertaker and the different versions of the entrance and the and the ring gear and it, like it's just just such a wide variety. His uh, Phantom of the Opera mask look was underrated. Yeah, you know, I mean it was a what was it? He what was he? He healing an orbital bone injury? I think so. Yeah. So I mean, as far as those things go, I mean that's a pretty good solution. So let's uh let's I want to use one that I think is just a great entrance attire is Vader when he has like the whole like mastodon like oh the steam mask the whole like HR Giger inspired yeah yeah that one's good yeah I think it I think it goes without saying is a Hushin Thunder Liger oh yeah yeah yeah. Not not when I don't like his look when he when he only has like the pants like the full bodysuit or nothing with with him. I was unaware he ever even had a pants stage. No, there's some like some of the smaller shows he doesn't necessarily don it. He just has like a mask and then he's like 
He's just got like pants that are kind of in that style, and then he's shirtless. Huh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it comes up from time to time. Oh, no, I was not. Well, it, I didn't know this for a long time, but apparently that gimmick was based off of a like kids show or something. Yeah. So is Tiger. Well, I, Tiger Mask is hard to say if if Tiger Mask is based on a manga and an anime or if um, if it's the other way around. Oh, I wonder how far back you'd have to go to parse that out. Seventies, probably. Wow. Yeah, that's a long way to go for that. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, Matt, did you have anybody else you'd want to throw in the hopper here? If we're going to go, um, if we're talking about Japanese workers, someone who I actually felt, I mean, it's not its not as if the, the overall attire or appearance was per se elaborate, but I felt that great Muda back Ooh. in the day, like, really... When he first debuted and was doing stuff in like the in the United States, but specifically back when it when he was doing stuff in NWA WCW, mm-hmm. like he he looked very different, obviously, and with the face paint and using the mist, he just came off as very unique. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, nobody wrestled like he did. Right. So I felt that the overall package really like it added a lot. Um, somewhat. Can I give an, an, a modern day example? Yeah, uh, a guy who obviously has a lot of uh, attention now because of his interactions with well, he, basically being as part of AEW. Um, not a Japanese worker, but Pentagon. Uh huh. I yeah. think his look is actually fantastic. He just looks. He looks scary. <laughs> he looks scary. <laughs> Which is funny because I've actually like seen him in person, um, and obviously he's you know he's in better shape than I am, but he's not really per se bigger than me. Like he's not a gigantic dude, right? Um, but he visually like with the with the mask and the contacts and the the face paint, he just looks very imposing and very like sinister. You can t- I mean that's another case where you can tell someone invested a lot to get that. Uh, to get the look that he was going for, like that's that's not that's not like a, oh I'm going to throw these pieces together kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. He he's got a great look because you kind of he's one of those guys. He's kind of like the first time you see he he, he similar to like the first time you ever saw La Parca. Mm, another great oh, yeah. example. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> it's amusing. Like. I'm I'm still not like steeped in lucha lore or anything, so uh, all I the only tie-in I had for La Parca was that it was a, a Day of the Dead, a La Dia de los Muertos reference. But even that, even so, it still you know looks you know fantastic, and I'm sure there's more to it behind that. I'm trying to think of some other luchadors that I would... Well, Rey Mysterio has really done some great stuff over the years. Like, oh, man. That, that jumps to my mind is um, the bodysuit from Halloween Havoc 97. Yeah, that's a great point. With the match with Eddie where it was the all-one all one suit so he couldn't take the mask off. 
Yep, and he's never worn it again, which makes me sad. And I always used it in WCW versus NW or Revenge because that uh, yep. was one of his alts. Oh, yes, when it he, was. When it was uh, supposed to be like the Phantom, that old comic book character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, he's been really, uh, he's really been on top of it about having, um, like you know, influences in for like different gear and so like every mania. He would have a new superhero gear, which, you know, that's fun. I like that. Um, he did some mask for New Japan. I don't remember what it was, but it was great because his, he had like his mask was half one thing and then half another thing. But I don't remember what the half of the mask was. He had like a Har- Harvey Dent thing going or something. He was like teaming up with like Tiger Mask or someone and like. Half of his mask was like imitating the person he was teaming with, and then he had like his regular standard mask as the other half of it. Oh, that's really cool. That's yeah, Ray's a great, great reference on that. Um, man, what about uh, and I'm gonna ask this just because I don't know a whole lot about him, but what about um, Cyclope or I think he was called Halloween in in Mexico? Yeah, um, um, I, I've only, I know which one you're talking about. I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily, other than the Halloween one that was original, I don't remember his other stuff very well. Okay. All right. That's one of those things I wanted to ask about because it was kind of like, oh, I, 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 yeah, I'm kind of intrigued by it, but I don't have much information to go off of. Here, I sent you Ray's mask from New Japan, the half and half one. Okay. Let's see. Let me pull that up. Oh man, look at that! That's because it's got the it's got the lion, or no, it's a tiger mask. You're right. You're right. Yeah. That's actually really cool. It is. Yeah, I wanted that one when I saw it. That's uh, man, I like that. It <sighs> now. What about something like, um, like Daniel Bryan, like growing the beard and stuff? So I actually feel he looks better with the beard and long hair. Yeah, it makes him more memorable. Yeah, it does. I mean, I kind of didn't really think I felt that way until. Most recently when he basically shaved it off. And right. it's like, oh, like I... It's kind of like a throwback to, you know, when his, the the early 2000s, but... Yeah. I don't like him without the facial hair. It really, yeah, really... I kind of... It adds something. Yeah, it, it does. It The facial hair makes it look like he doesn't get carded when he goes to the liquor store. <laughs> he looks so yeah, young with, with the... He looks so young when he's clean-shaven. So I... Mm. Yeah, not not a huge fan. No, I'm not either. There's someone on the tip of my tongue that I'm trying to remember, but I can't. Okay, okay, I got one. Actually, I just remembered it. How about, like, in WWE, Eddie Guerrero coming out in the car? Yeah, oh. I thought, I did feel like that added something. The you, low rider. Yeah, you yeah. could tell they were really on board with him when he got to... When you get to have a car in your entrance, you know that Vince is on your side. 
I also thought it was really good with um, Alberto Del Rio in his first run. Like, I thought some of his, like, his entrance attire was really strong. Um, I didn't watch much in that stretch, so I, I, I don't have much to go off of. He would usually have varying expensive cars. Okay. So sim- similar kind of thing, I guess? Yeah. Okay. I've actually got a couple. Okay. okay. Um. <laughs> okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna list two as a uh, more serious, and then one as a uh, not serious, more comedic, but uh, mm-hmm. just just for funsies, I guess. Um, the more serious one, uh, going to Japan, I actually felt both the entrances of Bruiser Brody and Stan Hansen with the Japanese crowds were fantastic and added a lot to their characters because they're supposed, supposed to be like brawling wild men. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they would come in and, or and be like in Hanson, so just be swinging like a, a bull rope or even like a Brody. And you, they occasionally would legitimately just like punch people and shut people out of the way. Mm-hmm. And the Japanese people just loved it. It's like, I guess, cause you know, you're like, Oh my God, I'm part of the show. Right. <laughs> but it just added a lot, I think, a lot to their their character and their gimmick mm-hmm. uh, for both of them. What do you guys think? So I found out recently that that um, what Hanson's yelling during those matches when he does the bullhorn thing is mm-hmm. youth. And I don't know why he does that. Uh, it was part of an angle he was in whenever he, he first started working there is it it pitted him on the same side as some younger guys against some of the older hands. Uh, and I can't remember the names. I'd have to go find the interview clip again. Um, I think it was a back to the territories thing that interview he did with Cornette, but I can't swear. to okay. it. But it was, it was, it, it, it was out of that angle. And then he just kind of kept doing it. I, I love Hanson. I, I think, um, it would make if I did a list of like my top fifty matches of all time. That match with him and Andre would probably make my list, just because Hanson's like a force of nature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You get no argument here, I don't think. <laughs> uh, and and the, he's such a force of nature that it was it, it flummoxed Andre of all people, but. Uh... But I think I think having the cowbell on the bull rope actually was a nice touch for him, just because it made him even more loud and obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Can I get my uh, not serious one? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Teddy Hart <laughs> coming to the ring with his cats. Oh yes. <laughs> that does kind of. Mr. Yeah. Mister Money. Yes. I I would agree with that. He always has some weird, like, he always has some weird get-up, too. Because I think he, like, goes to the store and picks the ugliest thing he can find. Well, that that one MLW we watched, he came out wearing, like, a like a velvet tracksuit or something and just wrestled the match in it. Yeah. I, so that... him in, like, I think at WrestleCon last Mania weekend, he had, like, a polka dot, like, onesie he was wearing or some, like, something weird like that. Yuck. Yeah, that's the point, I think. Ugh. Okay. Whatever, Teddy. Yeah, it, it. 
Teddy Hart's not exactly in a place for being renowned for good decisions. No. <laughs> well, no. I mean, I think not the, at all. Uh, I think the. I think the. Um, I think his reaction to his girlfriend disappearing was was a good indication that he's judgment could be charitably called questionable at best. Yeah, that's uh, that's a very charitable way of putting it. I think. Um, okay, here's here's another one for the the, and I wouldn't even call this as a tie to the gimmick, but just for bad entrance in a ring attire. The WWF run of Dusty Rhodes. The polka dot. With his mm. polka dots, daddy. You know, he, I remember. He, he, towards the end of that, like he ditched it and he kind of went more to like he was wearing more standard clothing and it was a lot better. It, it'd be kind of hard not to be a lot better than those stupid polka dots. When he was when he was teaming with like Dustin towards like the very end, like he wasn't wearing the polka dot as much. Oh, okay. Uh, I remember uh, how I remember this. I'll never know. But there was a promo, a Thanksgiving promo, that they did for. Um, they were like, "What are you thankful for?" And it cuts to Dusty. I'm thankful for my polka dots. Except as he says this, he's like rubbing his fingers on two polka dots in his chest, but he's flipping the bird with both of them. I think um, I think the worst the worst example of him and his polka dots is when he has the nightstick and the police hat with his um, polka dots. Yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? Yeah, I was like, did I did I did I like wander upon the wrong thing here did we miss a step like, did i did i did i come across the naughty channel by mistake <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, that's definitely not what i would want to see on that oh man so um are there any others you guys would want to throw in for contention no, I think I'm good. Matt? I'll do, I'll do one honorable mention. Okay. Uh, I actually feel uh, current star, AEW star, uh, but Orange Cassidy's look uh, is very imitatable. There are people yeah. who actually are going out there cosplaying as him. Um, and I think it adds to his kind of overall character. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely does. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's... It, you know the 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 ripped up jeans and the um, what's the phrase I'm looking for? I, I don't know how to describe his jacket. What do we call that? Like a 1980s members only jacket or what? Yeah, it's just like a denim jacket to me. Okay, the one that I remember seeing on AEW didn't what well, didn't look like just the denim jacket. There was a different one, I think. But I can't. I, I don't know how to describe it. But it fits. It all fits with the gimmick, right? The the kind of malaised uh, the attitude and aura he puts on. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I agree. I like that. Speaking of AEW, what do you what do you what do you what are your feelings towards Emmy Sakura's Freddie Mercury look? She goes for. Mm. I don't really feel it. Nah, me neither. At least she's going for something, I guess. 
My, um, I, I have to admit something. It took me entirely too long, like entirely too long to realize that Nakamura was doing like a Michael Jackson gimmick. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. I, it took me so long to finally put those pieces together that I'm kind of ashamed of it. I give Tanahashi props for having good ring attire. He really does like the rock star thing well. I have nothing to contribute right now. So I'd I'd say I'd say like sorry, I keep So I, I have I have things I fidget with while we talk because I really can't do anything else like yeah, and I, I I fidget for some weeks, and I keep mm-hmm. dropping my my fidget thing this week. That's all right, Matt. Did you have anyone else you wanted to to add in? I don't think so. Okay, I think I think we've kind of about hit our our point on this. So there's others I could talk about, but they're like hour long rabbit holes. I'm just not going to bother with. Yeah, that's a dangerous. That's dangerous. We'll. Uh, Maybe we'll just have an episode that we call rabbit holes for us to dive on a bunch of these. But uh, we're in, uh, I think we are about ready to wrap this up. So those of you out there, um, what do you think? Are we, are we on point with entrance tire, entrance tire and, uh, and, and ring gear and stuff? Or do you think, did we leave someone out uh, that you would want for us to uh, talk about? Would you, um, are you like, hey, you missed somebody? Well, hit us up on our social media accounts. Let us know on our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And um, we'd love to hear from you. And so this is Shad here with uh, Matt and Brad. We've been in three quarters. You're in the fourth. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.